Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. I'm in Adelaide. Uh, this conversation is with Georgie Carroll, who won Best Newcomer in Adelaide Fringe Festival a couple of years ago. She's very funny, very lovely woman. Uh, we had brunch together and then we sat in my cousin's place. Uh, my cousin is a space archaeologist. Yes, that's a real job. And we sat in her lovely place and drank tea and talked about things. And it was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy listening to it. I enjoyed having this conversation immensely. Georgie is great. If you get a chance to see her, if you live in Adelaide or if you're in Edinburgh, she'll be there doing her nurse's show, uh, Gilded Balloon, at midday. Um, So it's not like it's going to clash with another show. You should go along to that. She's excellent. Uh, Otherwise, I will be back in Melbourne as of Monday doing some gigs in Melbourne. Then I'll be in Perth, 22nd to the 29th of June, in Sydney, 4th to the 10th of July, and 20th to the 24th of July, the 24th of July being my solo show. Ah, ah, solo show at the Comedy Store. Please come to that. Send people. You're having tea with Alice. Yeah. And then you're like, and then I'm like, why are you so boring? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why are you so boring is probably <laughs> the least useful question you could ever ask anybody. Yeah. That is possibly the least sucky looking thing I've ever seen. Isn't it good? It's pretty good. <laughs> I inherited it from my brother. <clears throat> you inherited it from the 40s. From the 1940s, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... Exactly. Mm. Um, okay, so... Uh, so it's not about comedy, it's just about No. I mean, you're inherently a funny person, but mm-hmm. you don't need to be funny. Okay. No, no finger guns here. Okay. It's a finger gun free zone. Ah. <laughs> I should make t-shirts. <gasps> do, I, need to, I need to start doing merch. No. Um, don't ever do merch. Really? Oh. Why not? Because I think... Other than the fact that it's cheesy and gross... And comedy's already overpriced. People have washed and come out and paid for comedy and they've paid $20, $30 for comedy for an hour. But you're not and forcing then... them to buy anything. Nah, I don't know. I kind of get DVDs in case people really want to sit down and watch it, but I don't think they do because you're on YouTube. It's like, I kind of get it, but I do not get, not you, but just in general. In general. And... But after that, making mustaches or bonus things. Or... Well, I mean, you're not forcing anyone to buy anything. It's a bit like sticking chocolate at the end of your shopping aisle, though, isn't it? It's just there, and people do. Because you've already got your money. But you've have already you ever regretted chocolate that you bought at the end of a trip? Mm. <laughs> yes, I have. Mm. And it's almost like if you want to speak to me at the end of a show, you have to buy this shit that's in front of me. Ah. And I just, yeah, that I don't get. I mean, sort of online merch, maybe. See, I, I don't think I'm ready for an online shop. Uh-huh. Mm. Depends. If you've got something worth selling. I'm genuinely but if, if somebody sits around and goes, so I've got a nursing show. Yeah. So people go to me, you should get some merch. Mm. And I'm like, like what? Branded uh, syringes. Nurses love pens, don't they? So you could have, like, needle pens. Pens that look like syringes or something. And mm. I'm like... Yeah, they've already paid. It, like, I don't branded, need to get any more money out of them. Branded incontinence pads? Yeah. I could I could see me getting that merch to give away at hospitals with my 
I can see that as a flyer thing. Yeah. I'm but just I'm, thinking about it now in terms of because comedy is my primary mm, income. Mm, mm. And I do think that there's there are people that want to support what you do. And I think if you give away free stuff, uh, that's a good thing. And then if you have stuff that people can buy, that's also a good thing. Mm. But I don't I really don't know. I haven't come down on one side or the other. I've I've um I'm thinking about it. I've got a Patreon, so people give me uh, money uh, if they want to. A Patreon? Yeah, it's like, a, you know, patrons in the olden days who would just fund you to do your oh, okay. art. So they're not asking you to do anything in particular. Was well, it an online thing? Yeah, it's like, an online don't thing. fund me or... And the way it is now, it means I can afford to buy tea for all of my guests. Yes. So before that was... That's my phone. How unprofessional of me. Um... Yeah, I could afford to buy tea for all of my guests mm-hmm. now, which I couldn't do before. Yes. I had sort of came out of my pocket and it would cost me whatever. I suppose I'm in a different position to a lot of comedians, aren't I? Because I'm in a family already. Yeah. So that's like a, a network of people that have to pay for shit if I can't. Yeah. Right? Or we can spend less on them or he can earn more or I can earn more. So, yeah. I suppose I'm lucky that I don't have to do it. Yeah. And it'd be the only source of income. Yeah. Oh, because you've got your nursing. And I've work. got my nursing as well, yeah. Which fits in perfectly. Does I, it? Can, I, I can just turn up when I feel like it. To nursing? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's how I've got it now. Because I've been doing it forever. Yeah. And I've got a set of skills that fit in anywhere, so I can do anything from newborns through to elderly mental health. Just anything. Yeah. So literally, I could ring up now and work in an hour. Really? Yeah. Because they're always so short staffed or? Uh, yeah, <laughs> basically. So yeah, and because it can just stick me in anywhere. So that's what I do. Now I just ring up when I feel like it. And then go in. How often do you feel like it? So at the moment, because I'm between the festivals. Yeah. Uh, I'm earning more so that I can not be in debt after Edinburgh, hopefully. Yeah. So at the moment I do about 0.6, which is two or three days a week. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so next week I work Sunday night, Monday night. So they're two 10-hour shifts. And then I might pull another early in the middle of the week. Yeah. And then you've got your kids and you've got your... Yeah, and I've got a couple of gigs next week. Gigs uh, gigs next week as well. So, yeah, it all kind of... It all fits together. I've kind of got a good balance between all of them at the moment. Yeah. Work-life balance. Yeah, I've got it this week. Imagine. This week I've got it. The dream. Just this week, yeah. (laughs) Hmm. So what are you drinking? You're drinking plain English tea. In a cup without a handle. Cup without a handle. Oh, I'm sorry. I've given you a cup without a handle. It's quite all right. It's a coffee cup, I think. It says (laughs) cafe latte on it anyway. So what you're drinking is a lie. (laughs) Yeah. All about the lies. That's what we're doing for the next (laughs) bit of the podcast. So we're we're doing the podcast now, are we? Yes. Right. See, I've got a grasp of what's going on, haven't I now? Yep. It's good. We're doing the podcast. It's good. Uh your tea what do you think do you think your tea says anything about you the fact that when i said what kind of tea just normal tea and you said just normal tea just normal tea but then you said english tea (laughs) yeah which is a normal tea and now i'm aussie yeah you just became an australian citizen yeah i don't like the fruity teas you don't like fruity teas i like fruity teas i like all food right yeah everything all food all food and all drink but sometimes I don't like combination of things, so I don't want to drink hot strawberries. Yeah, okay. Interesting. And I don't want to eat 
chicken tikka on a pizza. Okay. Just. So you like things in their proper place. <laughs> I must do. Where's this coming from? Yeah, because I actually really like chaos. In, well, maybe in everything, in everything else. else other if than If anything your food. becomes too routine... Yeah, you I, shake it up. I shake it off. I just, yeah, I can't. I, can, I have to do the school one because i got the kids. Yeah. And it drives me bonkers. I have to do that every morning. That, that's something you feel that trapped has to happen. Yeah. By the school run? Yeah. Can How old are your kids? They're nine and ten. Oh, and they, they can get there on their own. Well, yeah, they can cycle down the torrents and they do. But then some mornings they can't be asked. And I'll be like, yeah, but even that just gives me a break from not having to do it every day. Yeah. Or my husband can do it or whatever. But I just hate routine do you like routine in small in small doses so for example i have been incredibly unsettled for the last six months and before that probably for the year with the hospital staff yeah um but then i finished up the festival run and my immediate thing was i'm moving to melbourne mm. not let me stay here in sydney and yeah figure out my life it was uh, new, new. A new challenge. New thing. Uh, and I don't know if that's entirely healthy. Um, I think it could be. It could, it could be. Look, I don't know. Like you say, you reckon you're going to have a little break now, don't you? Just to, even if it's 14 days. Yeah. I've got, I've got no gigs coming up in the next Try week or so. Bored. Yeah, and figure out what I want from life rather than just doing the thing that is either immediately in front of me or avoiding the thing that is immediately in front of me. Yeah. As though there were only two paths. Yeah. No, there's more. <laughs> there's more. There's more than two paths. I think... Do you like any shit telly? Do you ever sit and watch I shit I don't have telly? a TV and I don't have enough money That's to not unusual, buy though, TV and I don't steal TV. What's stealing TV? So d- illegal downloads, I can't do that. Oh, I don't do, do that. that. My dad uh, was the sort of <laughs> leading figure in print copyright, but copyright law in Australia for right. a lot of years. Yeah. And I can't steal. I can't do it either. And... Uh, I so, know so how much the, it takes to put a five-minute comedy routine together. All I ever think is, how can I tell my children that what you do on the internet matters... So, so I'm training so them up at the moment. It has right? an impact. So you can't see them, but it affects somebody somewhere. Yeah. Whatever you say, even if it's someone in Canada and you're writing that their YouTube clip is shit and they can't dance. Yeah. Like that has an impact on somebody somewhere. So I can't say to them that that matters and then say, download shit for free. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's stealing. Same, it's the same as stealing from Kmart. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and certainly... Um, I think the way to do that, well, for me, it, it's certainly one of the ways to do that, other than having had it drilled into my head as a kid, uh, and when Napster came out and then became illegal, my dad was like, look, if they seize the computers in here, if they do an investigation into me, it's going to yeah. look really bad for me. Yeah. And we went, oh, okay, fair enough. But for me, it's like I know how much effort it takes to make anything anything even if it's shit well that's it that's it because you can um get the big thing with my kids would be uh, and their friends some of them have 500 games for their ds because you get this little card i don't understand it Mm. but you can just get all the games for free Uh uh-huh is it a cheap is it a steely thing it's a steely thing Uh uh-huh and so my kids are saying that they want this card. They can't even have this card. Not even if someone else makes it for them and gives it to them, they can't have this card. Yeah. You just get the six games you can afford. Because yeah. what if you go up and you want to make games? 
Yeah. Why should you be poor? We know enough about not earning money from our art with what we do. Yeah, exactly. And then what happens? And people don't think more than one step ahead. They think, I want this thing, I'll have this thing. But they don't think about the fact, the real fact, that if if people can't make a living out of their art, the only people who will ever do art are rich people. Yeah, and what about this bullshit answer, right? Mm. So I've had this debate. Yeah. uh, And somebody who gets annoyed at free comedy Mm -hmm. but then downloads shit for free Mm -hmm. and uh, they say well it's like a trial so i if i really like them then i'll buy the album so i you know but if so they'll you have a gazillion like songs them, on doesn't their iPod. make them have done less work. No, exactly. Like saying, if I don't like this meal, I shouldn't have to pay for it. I think we're singing from the same choir here, aren't we, Alice? I think we're singing from the same choir on a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, if you don't like the meal, don't give a big tip, but you don't... You don't just not pay for it. You don't come back to that restaurant again, but you don't just Have you ever out. stolen anything? Have I ever... St- I have, uh, by accident. Uh, I've walked out of uh, a shop holding I can't even remember what it was I think it was like a a book and I walked down the the road and I then I turned around and came back and gave it back to them they weren't very nice about it quite possibly the shittest theft story I'm sorry it was a book it steals a book but I didn't mean to and and, and then you returned it yeah and then they were really more suspicious yeah I'd be suspicious I was like I'm sorry I just walked out with this and then they were kind of angry at me I would think you had some kind of like um, criminal Munchausen's Oh, where God. you just want people's empathy <laughs> for, having for doing it. the right thing. Yeah. I, even though you created the wrong thing. Yeah, I, but I've never stolen, I've never downloaded anything illegally. Uh, although I think I have watched things on YouTube that had been uploaded illegally, if I you know what I mean. I didn't know that was a thing. I, just yeah, think, generally, I think YouTube's just there for me. Yeah, generally I think the copyright holders tend to regulate that themselves like they tend to come okay. down hard but if it's like an old series or something I've, I've done that um, uh-huh. where it was available online and I just watched it because it was there uh, that's more like fencing stolen goods yeah yeah, yeah I think you're alright there yeah, just someone, housing them for your mate yeah someone else has done that and I've watched other people's Game of Thrones back when they downloaded them illegally before okay. it became you know someone's like oh, I'm having Game of Thrones party and I'd go and watch that uh, again, fencing, stolen goods, complicit. Yeah, you were in the, you had I mean, your toe in the wall. In the grey zone. You're hardly a gangster. No, but I am, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> just bringing this envelope to this man in, you know, yeah, possibly. Uh, mm. Yeah, I don't feel great about that, but I did feel great about that. That's the, the thing where people feel it's alright to steal shit because they're drunk. Because every, everyone oh who drinks. Oh my god. Got, like, I almost feel it is a defence. To, to well, I mean, you're because every, is pretty much everybody's done it. Yeah, see, that's interesting. That's like a yeah. It didn't really hurt anyone. It was a road sign. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. Well, if the road sign was like stop, stop. falling rocks, and then. <laughs> What have you ever seen falling rocks though? They're very overcautious in themselves. You them don't signs. see them, they're like drop bears, they just they, fall on you. Yeah, it, they don't happen like drop bears. So yeah, I think you can have that sign. <laughs> thinking, yeah. Turn back, road ends on the I'm thinking the majority of, of the cliff. stuff I've nicked has been when I'm drunk and I'm thinking I'm sure that's alright. 
You're sure that's fine? It's public. It's basically publicly owned. I paid for it. Did you? Yeah, I've always paid tax. Oh, I see. <laughs> you always... <laughs> that's interesting. So, yeah, I'm having that as mine. All right, it's part of part of the country. Well, now you are an Australian I citizen. I'm an Australian. So you can I'm start taking... I'm a two-day-old Australian. That's pretty good. I'm excited. Did you know that the Australian... The first generation of Australians... Uh, the convicts were okay. by definition the most criminal society in the world because proportionately yeah, there were many they were all criminals criminal. technically uh, and then the second generation when they had their own police force and they had their own like oh we've got to make a society second generation Australia was the most law abiding society this is why I believe capital. in anarchy and chaos I reckon if you just let people sort themselves out I don't, they will find a good way of doing it. I well, I don't know about that. I believe if you have um, a common enemy, that might be the way of doing it. So in Australia, it was so harsh. So we harsh. just need a really good buddy. Yeah, we need a really good buddy. We've Australia, got one. The environment was so harsh that everyone mm. had to band together. There was you couldn't fuck someone else over because everyone was doing what it great so hard, theory. right? And then you had the bush rangers, but there weren't many of them. Or yeah, we don't want a war. You don't want a war, but you know, if certainly not the way war is done now, which is this complex, lots of different moving parts, lots of different enemies, lots of different everything. It's not like one side versus the other side. Oh, that was still shit. That, that was one still side shit, but it, not the way that it is shit now. Mm. It's too amorphous who the enemy is, and you can watch them tweet. It's very upsetting. Um, but now, so but like having a common enemy is good in. In the face of, if you've got anarchy, because it means people do band together. If they don't band together, the strongest guy gets to the top and starts fucking people over. Okay. My kids get on way better when I'm the common enemy. Yeah. There you go. That's what you need to do. (laughs) They just need to keep me sensible and sane and not kicking off. They need to be really nice to each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what you want. Create a common enemy. That is a good thing. That was just making me think of, I know we're going off on a tangent. Do you know Damien Power? I love Damien Power. wonderful Damien Power. Yes. Uh, he was staying at my house at Open Fringe. And he's, I, he makes you think a lot, doesn't he? Mm. Oh, he hurt me brain. Yeah. I don't think on them levels. Uh, that's what I love about him. It, it is, but I, I couldn't be married to it. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, no. that, would, that would be hard work. But he's just basically a really good thinker. And I said something... About spoilt kids nowadays, or he was saying something about them, and I said, they just need a good war to toughen them up. And it's something enough said a lot. And then he just said, do you realise how fucked that sentence is? <laughs> I was like, no, I hadn't ever realised how fucked that. And that is a really bad sentence, isn't it? But I've heard lots of my friends say it since it's because they haven't got a war, like yeah. the other generations and stuff. We don't want them to have that. No. No. We're going to have to do without... I know we've got one going on, but we're going to have to do without the war. We're going to have to find some other way of making them less entitled rather than the threat of being dead by the time you're 20. Well, also, yeah, it is... You can't... uh, I don't know. This is my thing about war now. It's not the same as it used to be. Technology and and information is so much better that you can't have one side versus another side. No, it has to be hidden. Because it used to be move, counter move, move, counter move. And if you were really good, then you could think a few steps ahead. Yes. But now there's fucking 15 moving parts and it's like on a, a web. And every move that one of those 15 moving parts makes on the web, pulls the web down, changes the whole landscape. And then they're all moving and trying to counterbalance that and their movements 
destabilize it and those movements destabilize it's fucking it's a nightmare you don't have move counter move everyone knows what everyone else is doing before they're doing it and then they make the move in advance of the other person doing it and then that they have to re it's just this complete nightmare that's Apart not going to toughen you, you up that's going to give you schizophrenia you said the common enemy yeah there's no you common don't enemy. have the common enemy no like i don't feel like i'm at war right now even no. though australia is, is in technically a war, in a war Yes. doesn't feel like it. No. I'm not doing any hardship. No. And even things like the drought in California. People don't understand that there's a drought. I didn't even know there was one. There's a f- huge drought in California. It's the worst, uh, longest you, you consecutive watch a lot drought. Of news, no, you? I don't watch I don't a lot of news. news. It makes me depressed. Um, but I, I do follow it. things a bit. Um, and that's one of the things. Because we have so many goods and services available and we're so disconnected from the means of production. You don't look into your garden, see the dead grass, and think, "Shit, we got to fix this," because otherwise, our next winter it. is going to be. I'll sort out my patch. Yeah, you might think I'll water it, or there's water well, restrictions. But you don't look at that dead grass and go, "Oh, this is a threat to my survival." You think I'm going to go down to the shops and buy a coke. Yeah. You don't. You can't see the actual world around you for Do the you danger. Do you feel that like you in. can make a massive impact on the world? Do you feel? With comedy? Nah, just or with in anything. Life. No. But I think that that's also a very dangerous way to think. I think I can't make a massive impact on the world, but I should try. And if everybody tries... Like, I have a friend who just throws food away. And he's like, well, we live in a capitalist society, there's waste. You know, the, the, the supermarket down the road throws away more food every week than I'll throw away in my whole life. And I go, yeah, but you should still not waste food. Just buy less then. Just buy less. Yeah, you can buy less. Or throw away less or, you know, just eat the ends of things that, you know, eat things that aren't perfect or... So in the big scheme of things, I'm saying that doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. And he... So whether you do it or not, like I do, I reuse things. I'm not a mad recycler. I I don't know, yeah. I'll I'll make sure. I'll look in the fridge before I shop and think, right, what can I use up and make this into before I get the next thing? Yeah, exactly. And I think if... I don't think it makes a difference to the world. I think it'd just be fine if I didn't. No, everyone, as as he so rationally says, the supermarket down the road throws away more food in a week than you'll throw away in a lifetime. But if everybody is a little bit more careful, then things will change slightly. And that's a really, that's not a rallying cry for the masses. Yes, everybody, do make small differences where you can. Yeah, I don't think the small differences <laughs> make a difference. I think, I, I don't watch news. Yeah. I get a sort of idea what's going on just because I'm in the world. And comedy. Oh, I'm in my bit of the world. Let's not even say I'm in the world. I'm in a, I'm in a small corner of South Australia. Yeah. But I speak to probably a couple of hundred people every day through nursing, through all the sporting clubs that the kids are in, through just networks that I'm in. Yeah. And yeah, you get a kind of baseline of what's what's going on at the moment. And I just don't think it can affect any of it. All I, all I reckon I can do is make sure I'm keeping my end of the bargain. Yeah. Just keep my end of the bargain. Just be kind. Yeah. Try and hurt as few people as you can. Yeah. Get what you want out of whilst you're here. Don't even worry about the world ending. Well, uh, there's a great, a great uh, comic podcaster, and I, her name's on the tip of my tongue. Um, her name's Alicia somebody. Okay. Um, and she's a 
African-American woman. Um, she is the host of um, the freaking American improv show, whatever it is. Ugh. Oh, Drew Carey no. used no, to be I the host of it. My brain is fried. Yeah. Anyway, but she made a really good point uh, at the LA Podfest when I was there in 2013. Uh, she said... It's funny with zombie movies and our fear that the world will end. Yeah. As though the world hasn't already ended for so many people. Like you think. Yeah. Of it, if you think of people in Syria. Our weather. The, 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 Syria. That's post-apocalypse now. Like they're living yeah. in a post-apocalyptic landscape. The people who are in Damascus now. That's what they're living in. They're living in. Yeah. Their world has ended. It's it's finished. Or Haiti after the after the thing or, or New Orleans after the floods that's you know that's the post like if you want to see how you should write your zombie movie go to one of those places because the world has ended that's there happened. well that'll rise up again that's happened to yeah everybody through history yeah and it will part of I mean the difference I guess in, in America is that you've got the kind of the national network of people who would come in and help but the people in Syria don't have that they haven't got people reconnecting their water supply they haven't got somebody build, rebuilding their yeah, house. People often. doing it, but then you just you have the common enemy of the. Yeah, you have to band and then you together. You just have you, to do it. You have to do it. You have to. Because you need water. Survive. You got to rub along. You're right down think, there at the bottom of Maslow's again for a bit. Yeah, so I think I would I I would be an anarchist, in a world of chaos, but in a world of stability, anarchy doesn't work. Uh, okay. So in a stable world. You have fuckheads who are going to fuck other people over to get to the top. You do at the minute. In the world. I think it's human nature. I've written a letter to school today. Right? Very small time anarchy this, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have written this letter. My perspectives on lunchtime soccer. Uh-huh. Right? It's a thing. So my kids play an awful lot of sport and it's on the whole an enjoyable thing to do. Yeah. Something that's gone on at school over the years of kids fucking up and making bad decisions mm. has made it the most... It's got more laws than gun control. Yeah. Right? And oh, they have it... squeezed the life out of soccer. Yeah. And it's part of being a kid, if you want that to be part of your kidhood. Yeah. Much like dancing or singing, if you want to do that, or whatever. It's just... And they've got... It's so overregulated now. Just let them... I'm not saying let them fight to the death. It's not the Hunger Games. It's not Lord of the Flies. But I'm just saying just let them sit down together, smash out some rules that they think are all right. Yeah. And then just back them on them. Yeah. That's a great idea. I think that's not a bad idea. Claire Hooper was saying that she, Penny, her kid, fell over and hurt her chin. Had a little red mark on her chin. Stacked it on a table. And she has to fill out an incident report for the school, the the daycare, (laughs) so that... The daycare can protect itself in case they give her kid back to her and she sees the mark on her kid's chin and yeah. goes, oh, you damaged my kid. Which is a very paper-thin protection because if I wanted to smash your kid up, I could do it and then give you the form when the two. Yeah. The kid's not going to say anything because I'm going to tell the kid not to say anything. No, but this is the thing. You still it's... fill out the form whether the injury happened from stacking it or getting punched. Yeah, but, I mean, the protection is... For the school against you. Yeah. So that you don't hurt your kid, send the kid to school, and then sue the school for damaging your kid. Ah, right, yeah. How fucked is that? Ah, so it happened at home, I get yeah, you. She so took the, it to she school just broken. Fell over. Good yeah, she work, took it to Claire. school broken and had to go, hey, uh, I made a small, you know, like, <laughs> my kid fell over, as kids do, rather than like, I remember in, I mean, I'm not even that old, but I remember in my 
primary school years, kid fell over, broke his arm. Yeah, chalas, that's what kids hurt themselves. I choose not to be part of this. I choose. I choose in how I parent and in how I uh, have other kids around my house and the responsibilities I give them. And I choose. I'm a football manager at the moment for Ooh. a football team. I know nothing about football. But right. you know about business. I just know that they're just kids, man. It's like it's not sheep stations. Yeah. Like, and uh, the only bit of my job I take seriously is checking that the kids are treating each other nice. That's it. So they're nine. So as nine-year-olds will, they stood in the queue and they're calling each other gay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's the only bit where I'll step in and go, right, I feel you saying that in a nasty manner. Yeah. All right. And they're going, uh, yeah, he eats broccoli, so he's gay. Right? You know, that kind of shit. And I'm like, no, the broccoli shit, that doesn't make you gay. It's like, it's a different... But I will not fill out paperwork every time they're injured. And I, and I don't yeah. care how open that leaves me to anything. Yeah. The parents are there, just... I don't know. Do you, what responsibility did... You were trying to be a lawyer. You were a lawyer, not trying to be a lawyer. Yes. What responsibility do lawyer firms have in all of this that I feel that they're making us... Uh, risk assess and an insurance that will never pay even though you risk assess I think the problem is more with the like psychology that children are pure and delicate not they can kids <laughs> a, a kids bounce and of course B, they do they're very and B the only way you grow is by uh, hormesis right explain that word um hormesis is this thing uh, it's a exercise physiology term uh when you do exercise you damage yourself slightly yeah that's what exercise is it doesn't feel good because you're actually doing yourself damage okay the exercise itself is not good for you it's when you sit down after the exercise and you go to sleep and your body goes oh shit that was a, a stressor that i was not prepared for better build up so that i'm better so that the next time i meet that i'll be stronger that's why exercise makes you stronger because okay. it's a stress, and then you get better. And stress, okay. so as you was, stress makes you better. Stress is a good thing. Obviously, insane it's stress. If you shit. if you run for nine hours, you die. This is you know this <laughs> is not a, an argument for just hurting yourself. But equally, small damage makes you stronger. If you protect your kid from everything, exactly. they have no immunity. They have no strength. They have no resilience. You need to have schoolyard falls, schoolyard fights. Uh, you do. Because otherwise you can't And then your mum needs to be mad, and then you need to learn how to do it better next time. And so they've banned the soccer. This is not an argument so about the letter. Beating you cannot, kids. You teach a kid nothing by banning it from something. Yeah. You teach it how to do it better. You need to negotiate through the Yeah, problems. what are they going to learn from not doing something? It's not like they're never going to play soccer again. So I had a kid that I used to tutor who had anxiety attacks in his exams. And so he got special consideration from all his exams and he finished school without having to do any exams, which is fine. He got the marks that he wanted and then he went into university. And then I'm sure in university he could get out of his exams too because it's a system where you can get out of exams. When he gets to work... What's going to and happen? there's a presentation. Do you, for a big client, do you think he can send a letter to the client saying, "Oh, sorry, look, I get anxiety attacks no, in stressful situations." Yeah, and then he'll pick a different. But I mean, but that rules out a lot of jobs. It does, but you can't say that, and so you haven't thought. Well, I've got this weakness. I need to build it up. I need to meet these challenges and and challenge myself and make myself better. You think I'm afraid of that? I'm going to steer around it. 
It's not a good way to live life. No, I can. I, I reckon you're born with things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't reckon you are a clean slate. I reckon. Well, you're a clean slate, but I reckon you have personality traits. You're a particular colour slate. Yeah. A particular, a particular. I've got shape one that you slate. couldn't make competitive, and one that you can't knock that out of them. So you know, I, and uh, there's a, a Dr. Ray Winston. Dr. Winston and he did experiments on kids not evil ones um, to work out what's nature and what's nurture yeah and things like exuberance you mm. cannot teach exuberance that is something that's just there or it isn't so that's yeah. why you get really boring adults and really exciting adults interesting okay and the test he did for that was um, a bubble machine ah and how long would you pop the bubbles for ah that was one of the tests he did for that and uh, some would just go forever. Like, just, yeah, bubbles, bubbles, and I reckon I'm in that pod. <laughs> right? I'm just, ah, bubbles, and, and um, resilience is something you can teach. Yeah. So it might not be, some might find it easier than others. Yes. But what you do for that one, if anyone's listening that's got kids or an, or an adult that isn't resilient, give it an impossible task, like carrying a tray with a bowl full of water on it and say, can you get that over there and don't spill any? And yeah. see how quickly they lose their shit. Interesting. Yeah. I did that to my Tom because resilience was one that he needed to learn. Yeah. Yeah. He's got things that they've got. And then what do you do? And then he lost his shit pretty quick. Yeah. Right. So, so so a lot of the things that um, Tom had, my biggest, he's, he's this great kid. All kids are great. I like all kids. Um, but his is being competitive. And you'll, you'll have met these kind of kids. Do you yeah. know, he's very alpha. Yeah. And um, even when he was a toddler, just didn't like anyone getting up the stairs before him. Yeah. can come across as quite spoiled or arrogant. Yeah. But it is just sort of something that will be useful when you're an adult that isn't when you're a kid. So, yeah, I gave him this, this bowl with the water. And straight away, he's losing his shit about it. It's like, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Oh, it's going everywhere. And I was like, no, all I've said is try and do it, you know. Yeah. And then I sort of sat through him and said, right, this is what resilience is. It's just giving it a go, mate. You know, and then... Yeah. And he learned it for about a week and then it, it creeped back in again. Yeah. But this is a, that's the thing. I think one of the reasons, one of the theories about why there are fewer women in comedy and entrepreneurial pursuits than men yeah. is because girls are naturally better behaved in school situations. That kind of the school environment where you have to behave in certain yeah. ways, they don't, uh, they don't have that kind of boy thing where they kind of bounce off the walls as much yeah. naturally yeah but what that means is they don't fail early boys yeah. get in trouble they get over it they you know boys are quite sensitive actually but if you get in trouble and and learn that it's not the worst thing in the world then you're more likely to be willing to get into trouble if yeah. you've never been in trouble if you've never failed ah yeah doing something like comedy where you fail I again and again it. and again uh, it's not an appealing prospect. Why would I want to go and, and fail if I... I don't know what failure means. I don't Do know how Do you fear failures? Oh, absolutely, I fear failure, but much less than I used to ever since I walked away from... <laughs> from La? Yeah. <laughs> no. My, um... Oh, what happens if I disappoint I can my dad? See, I can see the thought process, because my youngest is very like me, and I can see the thought process, because he's a prankster. So he's inappropriate and a prankster. That would be the things that I have to try and get out of him all the time you know it's yeah. a bit I try and squash with him and uh, I just know whenever I hear what he's done at school I know he's sat there just like I did and he's thought okay I'm gonna get really done but this is gonna be so fucking funny 
Yeah. And, and, that, and, and, yeah, and it's worth getting... Getting in trouble. For, yeah, he still sees it as a win. There's a payoff. Yeah, exactly. Even. And so why would you start a small business? Why would you put your money on the line if you don't know that it'll be cool, it'll be interesting, it'll be so worth it. It'll hurt a bit when you fall over, but you get better from being hurt. It's yeah. okay. And kids, if kids don't ever fall down in the schoolyard because their parents... They're always going to fall over, aren't they? It's, it's to do with, like, the one that you said about that kid whose parents said, oh, he needs special exemption in exams. Yeah. And, and it's like, now, mate, you just... Three quarters of you has to fit in with what school wants. You've got another quarter of your life where you do what the hell you like. Yeah. Like, three quarters of your, of your well, world also, has to fit in around being socially acceptable and you can still have that bit that pops off and you can avoid certain things that you... So at school, you have to sing when you're singing assembly. Yeah. Or if you're at the front and you're having to do a thing in assembly, you've got to sing with them. I'm not going to make being the choir. It's not what you need to do in your spare time, but right now, that's yeah. what they need you to do. Well, for me, the thing that I wanted to say to his mother, and she'd asked me to tutor him, so I couldn't really. I sort of said it in peripheral ways of like, well, you know... But you're making the, a pussy. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to say was he has an anxiety attack in an exam. He doesn't do well in that exam. So what? If you, like, so what? The reason he's having anxiety attacks in this exam is because you've told him that his fucking life and death situation. It's yeah. not. It's if he not. fails an exam, he fails an exam. It's not a big deal. Mm. It's not a big deal. And if he fails that exam, then he can try better next time. And, and once he realises it's not a big deal, then maybe how it won't. How do you do anything if you don't do that as a parent? How do you, ride, how do you get him to ride a bike? That's scary shit. Yeah. Well, I imagine she didn't let him ride a bike. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was this thing. Was he an only child? He should be careful. He was an only child. He was in my care. Uh, She would sit on the stairs during the lessons. Yeah, very weird. What did you teach him? Uh, I taught. Oh well, this is getting more and more identifiable, isn't it? Uh, Okay, let's not then. I didn't teach him maths or science. Let's put it that way. (laughs) I have to be so careful when I'll talk about my kids till the cows come home. As you can tell in this podcast, I keep bringing it back to them. But um, I have to be careful talking about other people's children on stage. Yeah, that's because it's Adelaide and it's so small. Uh, as a kid I'll do it on a podcast because I'm pretty sure this family don't have the internet no one in Adelaide has the internet yeah <laughs> but um, there's a kid at the school called Shagina they've moved schools now but I just think it's a oh, shit name poor, it's a bad name it's a bad name I can understand why they moved and schools and there's a whole set that kicks on from that and the families the, and just everything about it and just yeah, how they run their shop is just... Why would you do that? I mean, you've got to run it past your filters when you're naming a child. Like yeah. it's. What do you short on that to? Although the guy who commissions uh, pieces for SBS Comedy, a very good friend of mine, is called Neil Downward. <laughs> do you like his... a good shit name? That's a really... Yeah, that's his name. That makes Neil Downward. That's his name. So his mum just... thought that through? Yeah, clearly. Oh my god. He hasn't changed it, interestingly. He I got mean, through a boys' was... school. He got through a boys' school and is a very lovely man. Which well, that's, I think is... that's why he's lovely. He had a lot he had a common enemy of a whole school. Yeah, exactly. Maybe <laughs> maybe we should all call our kids Shagina. Maybe that's what we need to do. Just toughen them up. <laughs> yeah, but, but I did it in the raw set. And then when I did raw, because that was on telly. Yeah, you couldn't just, do that bit. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Nah. It's too it's too Too mean to put someone on TV. She doesn't know she's got a shit name yet. She will. She will. Is she, it a she? Oh, even worse. She's not got a lot going for her. I'm hoping. Yeah, I don't know. Is Jenny, she I mean, just... 
You can change your name. Burmese people you, do it all the time. You can change lots of things about you, and she's going to have to change a fair bit. Her formative years aren't going to be the glory ones. So yeah, you know, they weren't for me. I was, a, I, was, I was a pretty kid, and then a very fucking awkward teenager. I could, don't take this wrong, I could imagine you were. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Just not comfortable in my skin, really awkward, socially weird. I kept having to go home and do things for the family, but I was too proud to tell people why, so I just yeah. had no social life. I was... I'd skip class to go read in the library. People threw sandwiches at me at lunch. I was not cool. <laughs> yeah? I was not a cool kid. I was... Uh, and I'm quite pleased about I that. I was probably throwing the sandwiches. Do you know what? I yeah, was that yeah, kid. Yeah. And I didn't think it was mean at the time. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't know if I ever threw sandwiches. I have a way of making, and I think I still do, I have a way of making people do things that are bad ideas and making it sound like a good idea. <laughs> Just... <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a Just good quality. Just for an adrenaline rush, and it's it's pressuring and it's peer pressure, and I still use it to this day. I can get any of my mates talk them into drinking. If they turn up with the car, I can still make them drink. I can, I've got interesting. This, I'm You've quite got the persuasive. power. You've got the power. So when you said you can see that I would have been an awkward teen, was it like the predator in you recognizing the victim in me? No, you. Because um, <laughs> I was not good with peer pressure. I just would walk away from it, which was another reason why I didn't fit in. I know it's like an inverse thing. Hmm. I don't, I don't know you that well. I don't know if you're smashing life out of the park at the moment. But people who are like that at school tend to do better as they grow up. Ah, yes. Do you know what I mean? The so hormetic effect. So you've got, you've got a few things going on that are kind of uh, a great thing, haven't you? So you've, you've got the law degree, which is, a, you know, a, a thing. That, a thing. That's something you it's did. a thing to have in the back pocket. And I know you talk about success and that and whether it was... It is. You know, that that's one, yeah. one measure of success. And then uh, you're also creative and you write for SBS and you do this and you do that. So, yeah. Whereas people who, like my best mate, Katie Bamba at school, she was it. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, I wanted to be her. She was just, she was Spanish looking and she had massive knockers before anyone else. And she (laughs) just, just, yeah, me and her were a bit of a team. Do you know? I was like a little... Sidekick. Ginger sidekick. Yeah. And she was smashing life everywhere at that age. Everything exciting happened to Katie Bamba, even getting flashed in the park. Do oh, you know, wow, like, yeah. anything that good happened, happened to her. <laughs> and um, Remember when getting flashed was just, like, a thing that happened? Oh, shit. And it wasn't, like, a lawsuit. It was like, oh, my God. Like, in, yeah, in yeah, my definitely old school, something we used to hunt out. So my old school was in Redfern in Sydney, mm. um, which is not a good area. Okay. And we had, like, our teacher, Maxine Maniatis, had, like quote-unquote, boyfriends who were police officers who'd yeah. just come and check in. And yeah, we that, thought they were very cool. <laughs> but we knew if you went into the out-of-bounds at Bushes area, there was a guy that would flash you. And you'd go and have a look. And, and, and sometimes people would be dared to go into those bushes because those were the flashy bushes. Yes. And then there was, you know, this other area where you could go to where this kind of uh, Aboriginal guy would tell you stories. Uh, you weren't really allowed to go there, but you yeah. know, if you, you knew that, you know, and so then, like... It would be really cool to go and he'd tell you stories. It was great. Well, this the, I'd be the person that talked to you. He'd into be going arrested into the and in jail, bushes. right? Yeah. So, but Katie was that at school, and uh, I'm going back to see it. And she was my best mate coming through. She got pissed off when I had a baby because I got boring apparently. And um, yeah, and she was still a party animal. Imagine Kim Cattrall. Okay. Very much that sort of thing. You can imagine Kim Cattrall did very well at school. Yes. But then, isn't really content or anything as an adult yeah okay because it's never going to be as you're never you're still not getting 
what you deserved, what you got at school. Yeah, okay. So this, much this wasn't meant to look like this. Yeah, interesting. And there's a lot of cocaine in the middle, isn't there? So, you know, then it <laughs> makes you a less content person in the long run. Yeah, well, because you've burnt out bits of because your brain. Because it's just a horrid, horrid drug. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So now she's kind of like, um, uh, I don't know, I haven't seen her. But when I've spoken to her on the phone, the other time I've spoken to her, it's going down and down and down and down. Yeah. Like, and just the expectation, minus reality, is making a pretty malcontent adult. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's the expectation minus reality. And, and for me, it was always, I had to work very, very, very hard to get anyone to like me or listen to me. There was this thing, that a phase of about two years when nobody would pay attention to me. It was quite an aggressive... Did you have uh, a friend at all? Cold shouldering? No, not really. I had oh, my twin right. brother at home and, and I, like, I had stuff like that. But just a thing where if I said something, people would ignore me. Yeah. And so I would just start saying really sarcastic things in class. Oh, I'm at you, yeah. 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 And and I'm just to get a reaction. I would just say anything because Any I made them good if I made them laugh, then I won. It, you didn't it was value really, being popular, did you, mate? No, it was a really. I very much valued it. Very vicious thing to do it was just yeah. fucking listen. I I made you listen, didn't I? Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I, I value. I think I did value being popular, and then because I wasn't popular, I convinced it's myself that I did. I pass on as well. I talk absolutely. to my kids about the value of it. I think it is. It's valuable, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's valuable. I think it's. But I, you know, as self preservation, I told myself. Knowing how to do it, knowing how to make people feel good. If you make other people feel good about themselves. Yeah. Invariably, you feel better about yourself. Like. Yeah, that's a real quality. Yeah. My mum Charisma, was... it's cool, mate. Charisma. I don't, I don't know if it is charisma. It's you know? It's charm. My mum had it in spades. She was really interested yeah, in it everybody. Just... It was a real... Even when, like, two weeks before she died in the hospital, she was just, like, from the waist down, just a wreck. Right. Um, people would come into the hospital room and she'd say, Oh, look at you. You're so beautiful. Yeah. How are you? Asking about other people. That's a big bit I tell my kids. But she just, you know, it wasn't... It wasn't fake. It was... I mean, it couldn't have been fake. She no, was, it isn't fake. She it was a, a thread of a human at that point. But that was that was what was left. This, like, oh, how are you? Fucking incredible. Yeah. Incredible quality. She sounds like a cracker. She was. She was a, yeah. great, uh, she was a great person. Uh, well, I think you have to go. Do I? Oh. Uh, let's have a look. Oh, I've got a bit longer. Okay. Unless you want me to go, because we're no, not no, talking no. about your mummy. No. Is that all right? Yes, you're okay. totally all right. That's okay. I, th- I think I'm much more comfortable talking about it than other people are. Don't, with well, me talking about it, if you know what I mean. I think I tend to uh, be fine at approaching it all kinds of topics and asking people about it because of the nursey thing. Mm. Um, uh, one of our beautiful comedy community died um, during Adelaide Fringe. Mm. And I can see how people are really unsure of how to approach her partner now. Yeah. And it's not because they don't want to talk to him. It's just, they just don't quite know where he's up to and what they can say yet. And Yeah. Yeah, is it, but I can see how... But I think if you just ask, that's okay. I think, I think you can't hurt anybody by asking if yeah. they, you know, you all right? Yeah. That, that's how you going? How you going? <laughs> yeah, is this week a good week or a bad week? Yeah, anything we can do? There's never anything you can do, is there? 
or I don't believe there is. Sometimes there, the things that it's interesting when people say, "Let me know if I can help." I uh, think that's a good question. It is a good question. It's interesting though because that doesn't tell you what they're actually willing to do. No. So what question? What it's would a, you I mean, put it's, to it's somebody? A nice thing. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's yeah. the wrong thing to say. But for me, I was like, "Oh, thank you." That's a. I took that as a. I wish you well, rather than something I could really do something with. Yeah. Because. Well, it is. Because what can you? What can you do? What can you do? But I mean, you know, for example, oh, could you call this annoying doctor and do you know? Like, I can't ask somebody for that. Or, I think. Uh, the the one thing that people did do that I really liked, and not many people did it, was come and visit. Yes, I can imagine that that is a, a big help. Particularly in the palliative it's care so ward. so horrid, isn't it? Just my the... friends. So her friends visited. Yes. But like, I had my friend Fiona Curran, who's a wonderful woman. She came and she brought her baby to visit. Yes. And that was quite possibly the last moment of pure joy that my mum felt I was going to say that life. as a mum for myself would bring me a lot of joy seeing that my my kids had a network yeah and then the baby yeah, they, came they weren't on their own and my mum got to touch the oh, baby goosebumps. and she was so happy she just the joy of the baby because yeah. my mum loved babies and for somebody to bring their baby into a house of death yeah. like into a palliative care ward and just be like yeah and the baby you know, wasn't phased by it but I think a nah. lot of people wouldn't do that wouldn't have thought to do it or wouldn't feel like it was the right thing or but it was just such a transcendental generous thing to do i will always be like that baby for the rest of its life can ask me for any it's not going to be a baby for the rest of its life no when it becomes a person uh, it can ask me for anything and i will do it for that baby because it like you know it came in and and fiona was showing how it's learned uh it's a she her name's b uh how it learned to um, different parts of the body. And so she said, oh, where's your nose? And she touched her nose. And where's your tummy? And so she pulled up her shirt and showed her tummy. And my mum touched the baby's tummy. And it was just like, that's a thing. That's a huge (laughs) gift. That is a huge gift. That just... I I don't know how I've made that conversation about me, but it just made me think of something. I play that game now with my kids, that are nine and ten, where's your nose? <laughs> I'm sure they love that. <laughs> I, I snuggle them up in a blanket and I go, "Where's your nose?" Like that, and then they point at the wrong thing, and then I beat them up. Oh. And that's what they enjoy when they're nine and ten, you know, a bit of rough eyes, and I go, "You stupid kid! I've been teaching you this for years." And then I start throwing them across the room and go, "Don't even know where your nose is yet. What the fuck have you been doing?" And then I beat them up, and they love it's it. Good. It yeah, is. I would love that. You, you'll have to try that with B when she's a bit older. I will. I will. <laughs> Roughhousing. Uh, Man, that was fun. Roughhousing is still fun. Play fights. Tickle fights. Just where you can... Yeah, and someone always ends up getting hurt. Again, oh, shit, yeah. But, you know, it's, it will always end in tears, but it's so worth it. <laughs> it's so worth it. I guess that's the philosophy of this podcast that we've hashed out, is that sometimes it's worth doing something you know is going to end badly. Come on, what's... Is any have you ever crashed and burned? You will have done because everyone does. Oh yeah, but Why not till not till quite late, I think. Yeah, because you didn't let yourself. Yeah, or things that I would were technically crashing and burning, like not being popular in high school. I would reframe as sort of growing as a person. 
oh no, just I was, it was, I wouldn't, I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I cared a lot. Uh, so you looked like you didn't care, but yeah. you did care a oh, lot. so much. Cared so, so much. what did that look like at home then? Does that look like being sad at home if you care and I it's not quite working? I didn't really have the time to be sad at home because I was busy. But yeah, it was retreating to my room and reading, a lot of reading. Escapism. Yeah. Fantasy, bad fantasy novels. I've no, read you were stealing books. more bad fantasy novels than I think anybody. I've put more words in my brain that were of low quality. Read. Yeah, I still read. I, I can't focus on a book, man. Try audiobooks. Because you can go for a walk and listen to an audiobook, and that's great. That might work better. I just start reading them and I just think, oh. It's not like it's too hard. It's not like I don't understand them. I feel like I'm wasting time. Yeah, interesting. I just get sucked into the journey. I don't even notice that I'm reading. I'm just in the world. Unless it's particularly good writing or particularly bad writing, I don't... It's just like sliding into a story rather than reading a thing. Yeah. If it's bad writing, that's different. (laughs) And if it's very good, you're sort of very aware of what's happening and it's less absorbing somehow because you're like, wow, look what, what they did with the words. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I can't. I used to love it. Always used to read about horses. <laughs> why horses? <laughs> no. I had a horse obsession. All my art projects were about horses. What is the appeal of horses? They've got good heads. They do have good heads. They've got great heads. Can they... Is it that they can take you places? That having a horse means you can go places? I've got a feeling you think a bit deeper than I do. I think just <laughs> their heads... <laughs> Just a good head. It's just a good head on a horse. Yeah, it's just a classy head. It's I don't know. And the necks aren't bad. They're just useful. Horses. Yeah, it's useful. They're pretty useful. Um, yeah, they're fun. I don't know. I'm going to go horse riding again this year. Oh, really? I've got a friend whose husband cheated. He's a horse. He cheated and then pissed off to England. Oh, so he's a dog. And she, yeah, have you ever had a mate <laughs> who's absolutely, he's an absolute arse? And uh, have you ever, someone break, because I've only ever known her married and she's always been a very angry person. Mm. I've not madly enjoyed her. Yeah. She's so much better single, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a little bit of that meeting people on the internet and well, you're worried about their safety. But on the whole, <laughs> she's doing the Maxine's 12-week challenge and getting herself healthy again and she's doing, oh, wow. setting so herself challenges and she's going to re- get a job. a new that, life. She, yeah, she's owning it. Like, that's what, that's bits of what life's meant to look like. She's doing it in little bursts of, Madness, but yeah. Yeah, I don't mind Not a bit of madness. Existing. Yeah. I've done a lot of, yeah, mad things in my life. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? They're pretty good. I'm hoping this Melbourne move will turn out to be good. Well, this is one of the mad things. I'm on the outside looking in, and this is one of the mad things you're doing, isn't it? Yeah, literally. It's like one where you look back and go, I, don't, I honestly don't know how old you are, but in 10 years you're going to look back and go, yeah, and then I just did festivals, and then I just... And, and my mum passed, and, and then I just ended up in Melbourne. And are you, are you, yeah, and you're just following your gut. Yeah, which can sometimes not turn out well. I think your gut's usually right. There's a lot of nerve endings around the Except gut. Except for in love, sometimes. It's sometimes the gut. Sometimes that's not your gut telling you, it's just... It's just your bits. Your, your bits. It's slightly and, lower than the gut that is talking to you. Yeah. Because <laughs> all my friends... So, so uh, we've been through a big wave of people getting divorced and then they're meeting new people. How, how old is the... So usually, be sort of, I think, between seven and ten years into a marriage. So I've been married 14, but the ones that are 
but I remember around that you got, time. Yeah, you married very young. Not madly, 28, I think I was. Okay. So I don't think of that as too young. Um, no, that's a decent age. That's sort of marrying age, isn't it? I think of it as... The marrying age? Yeah, which will sound weird to you. No one understands the marrying age here. I bet people do. I bet in country towns they do. It's kind of like you're just dating people, and then when you get to marrying age, you marry the one you're dating at the time. There's not really a mad, oh, do you know, I don't think we totally... Soulmates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe in soulmates. I don't. I don't think I even believe in true love. I don't know. I believe in love. I yeah. reckon I love everybody. Yeah. It's very set fat fucking Audrey. We won't get into her. You haven't even got long enough. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> just it's a double epithet name. <laughs> fat fucking Audrey. Yeah, it's not that just that she's fucking Audrey or that she's fat Audrey. She's fat fucking no. Audrey. That's a big fat fucking Audrey. <laughs> just that's a big label. Oh, yeah. Can't even get onto her. I've seen her on telly since eating placenta at a christening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've seen her on telly eating placenta at a christening, a, but was, you can't tell me about her. It's just this mysterious woman with the name of like the ultimate nemesis. This is the enemy that's oh. going to bring the world together. I don't even think there's a short. I don't even know if there is a reason why I hate her. It was a big argument about. I was a backing singer and she was a singer. Oh. And um, I hated her already. I think because I wanted to be the lead singer. Of course. And then, yeah, we were at a gig and her mic cut out and I wouldn't give her my <laughs> <laughs> And so I, all the audience got was backing singing. <laughs> <laughs> Harmonies that had no... <laughs> no tune. And I would not give her my microphone. And oh, then man. we had a, not a proper fight. I lost the fight if we had one, but yeah. Just well, you lost the, the moral band, high ground. The so. whole of the band hated me. It's probably me I hated. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> but that fucking Audrey. I don't know. I just hate her. But she wasn't having me microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Could you have shared the microphone? No. No. <laughs> All right, the fury in your eyes. So you love everybody except her. But your your divorcee friends are making. Oh bad no! Decisions. When they, when people meet new people, I see how you are blinded. By like I'm not blinded at all. We know we know what's wrong with each other and we know what's right with each other and all of that. But I can see people just oh my god, it's the best sex ever. And everything is at first, I reckon, except the odd really bad shag. It's like yeah, it's exciting chemistry. It's mental feel like that, but it yeah. Don't con yourself that it's any better than anybody else's anything. Yes. Yeah. That, that's what I think. Where it's like, oh my God, you've never known. Honestly, you wouldn't even have a clue what this feels like. This is amazing. Pretty sure we it just feels really, like yeah, sex. Yeah, well, yeah, not even sex, but just like we never argue. Yeah, because you've been together a year. Yeah. And you don't argue for a bit, yeah. No. If you're arguing a year, you're fucked. <laughs> you're meant to still like each other for about two years. And then... And then argue about shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can tend to start I mean, arguing and then laugh. Well, biologically, that makes sense. Like it's 18 shit, months. I was meant to go, wasn't I? Yes. And you told me to go and I didn't. Right, okay. All right. Uh, you're having tea with Alice. Where can people find you online? Oh, I don't know if you can. Facebook, just Georgie Carroll. Facebook, make friends with me. I don't really do an online thing. All right. Look up right. Georgie Carroll. Thanks. You're having tea with Alice.